Hello, and welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond. My name is Alyssa, and if you're like me, you've at least heard of essential oils, and maybe you even use them, but maybe you don't understand if or how they work at all. Today, we're going to look at some science behind essential oils and how you may consider using them both personally and professionally in your therapy practice. Let's get to it. I want to first start by saying that I am no expert on this subject. I began using essential oils years ago and have used it a lot in my personal wellness routine even before I really dug into the science behind why and how they work. When I was in my undergraduate studies, I met Ellen Wheelton, who is a music therapist and essential oils guru at a national music therapy conference. She incorporates oils into her clinical work, and I got to go to one of her presentations, which was an experiential session. It was really cool, and while I have not yet ventured into incorporating it directly into my clinical work, I'm highly intrigued and was very curious at the time and wanted to better understand as much as possible before taking that step. So... All of this brings us here today, and I thought perhaps there may be some of you out there wondering about it either for yourself or for your clients. So let's start with the science behind essential oils. What are essential oils? These oils are called essential because they are the chemical essence of the plant, either from the bark, the leaves, the flower, or even the roots of the plant. Though in ancient times, some believed that the oils were also essential to life. These oils are an important part of plant life cycles and immune systems of the plant, so they are essential to plant life at least. A bottle of oil likely takes pounds of the plant to create the oil, and most companies source these plants through farming rather than gathering natural resources. However, Overharvesting has been an issue with particular plant resources in the past, so it is worth seeking out and double-checking on sustainable essential oil farms and companies with environmental consciousness. The actual oils are derived through various extraction methods such as cold press, steam distillation, or solvent extraction. Let's talk a little bit about the chemistry of essential oils. I want to make a point here to warn you about being careful where you get your oils from. Many companies add additional chemicals to enhance the smell or make them more cheaply, and since the essential oil industry is not really regulated, you may not know what is in the bottle that you're putting on your body or breathing in. Please also note that fragrance oils or warming scented oils are not essential oils and should not be put on your skin or ingested. Now, it is recommended to look for companies that are reputable and transparent with their ingredients, and sources like doTERRA or Young Living, for example, do that really well. In fact, doTERRA has a complete chemistry guide to their oils, which is one of the sources for this episode. They're involved in a lot of research and explain in great detail what goes into their whole oil gathering, making, pressing, bottling process. 
Young Living Oils will even tell you what fair trade farm your bottle of oils came from. Full disclosure here, I'm not being paid by either company to mention them. I've just used them and have done some research on reputable companies, but there are plenty of other companies that would be excellent sources for your oil as well. I'll be sure to add a list to the show notes for you all to check out, but when you search for organic, fair trade, sustainably sourced essential oils, there are an overwhelming number of options. Like I said, essential oils are made up of these aromatic compounds. They are small organic molecules that tend to change from the liquid state to the gas state at room temperature, which is why you end up smelling them across the room. These molecules are so small that a single drop of essential oil contains somewhere around 40 million trillion of them. And essential oils can be made up of anywhere between 1 and 1,000 different compounds with different chemical identities, depending on the type of plant that it was sourced from. For instance, bergamot essential oil contains over 35 different compounds, but it has especially high levels of two called limonene and linalool acetate. Blue tansy essential oil, however, contains over 50 compounds. I'll spare you all the scientific names of the compounds and the molecular structure and yada yada, but if you're interested, I've linked you to the doTERRA chemistry guide, and it's pretty interesting if you want to get into the detailed plant science behind essential oils. Now let's get into how the essential oils affect the brain and the body. There is somewhat limited research on essential oils, and some of the results are a little bit mixed. But that being said, there is scientific evidence behind what essential oils claim to do and why they have the effect that they do. Aromatherapy releases molecules that stimulate the olfactory system and release nerve mediators. Some research indicates that some oils are even capable of killing certain Lyme bacteria better than antibiotics. Speaking of the word aromatherapy, the use of essential oils is called aromatherapy. Now, Aromatherapy is a formalized field of study. You can actually become a registered aromatherapist. It requires 100 to 200 hours of advanced training through an accredited program via the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy or the Alliance of International Aromatherapists Educational Guidelines. After that, you're able to sit for the Aromatherapy Registration Council's examination, or the ARC examination. Upon passing, you receive the credential of Registered Aromatherapist, abbreviated as RA. There's even a master's degree program in aromatherapy through Maharishi International University. So now that we know how essential oils affect the brain and body, I want to say that it is important to be aware of contraindications. For example, Peppermint oil is not recommended for being used on or around young infants and can cause a rapid heartbeat for others. Lastly, some oils can have a negative effect on pets, so do some research and consider the environment for your animals as well. So how do these oils actually affect your emotions? The aromatic pathways of your olfactory system connect to your limbic system in the brain. This includes areas like the amygdala, hippocampus, thalamus, hypothalamus, basal ganglia, and cingulate gyrus. Together, 
all of these centers make up where emotions are stored and processed, as well as the control centers for the autonomic nervous system and parasympathetic nervous system, which controls your activation and regulation responses to stress and calm. These responses look like higher or lower blood pressure, digestion, breathing rate, and so on and so forth. Different oils affect these systems differently. For example, pepper oil increases adrenaline and rose oil decreases plasma adrenaline levels. Now, it is possible that these oils are processed differently for each person and are not considered universal. However, they're generally understood to have a similar effect on most people. Naturnalife.com suggests the following oils to get you started on your oil and wellness journey. Lavender has a calming and relaxing effect, reduces anxious feelings, calms strong emotions, and eases tension in the body. Frankincense is for renewing and soothing. It encourages tranquility, reduces mental distraction, and focuses the mind. Peppermint. It's energizing, stimulates and awakens the nerves in the brain, enhances concentration and study, quickly alleviates mental fatigue, and provides an energy boost. I will also add here that peppermint has an analgesic effect and can be applied topically to increase blood flow to areas of pain or muscle soreness to help ease that. I've personally also used it to help manage headaches and migraines, and I found it to be pretty helpful. Lastly, Bergamot has an uplifting, soothing, harmonizing effect. It creates a peaceful environment when stress levels or tension is high. So, as I've briefly mentioned, there are several ways to apply essential oils and to get started using them in your wellness. You can use them topically with a carrier oil or with um, a carrier oil and essential oil mixture in a rolling bottle that you could wear as a perfume. It can be diffused with a water diffuser or diffusing jewelry. And lastly, just smelling it, either from the bottle or on a cotton ball to help kind of disperse the smell into the air. Keep it accessible to you at work, at home, in the car, or wherever you go. Knowing what support or regulating effects you may need and putting it in place is helpful so that when you're lagging at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you have your peppermint oil ready to go. Do you know that you're going into a stressful meeting or a session? Take a moment to breathe some lavender oil or bergamot or even a blend to help ease your mind and stay grounded. It is also helpful to have little cards with information about the oil and what it's for nearby. You can get different guides or books about this and most companies will give you some information when you buy oils from them as a quick reference for how and when to use them. Lastly, as we wrap up for today, let's just mention a couple considerations of using aromatherapy in your music therapy sessions, or any type of therapy session for that matter. There are basically two different ways to go about this. First is putting essential oils in a common area. This will likely look like diffusing it in a waiting room or a lobby, and is an option to not only smell good, but have some added consideration for the transition into and out of a therapy session or for priming a client before they come into the session. And then within a session, you can use it in a couple different ways. First, I would say always get permission from parents if you want to use it with a minor and also gather some allergen information prior to using it with anyone. 
but perhaps you have an anxious client and want to introduce some grounding or calming blends to start the session. This could be a great way to include some getting oriented to the body in the present moment during a session, maybe right before some drumming or some instrument play. Now, if the client isn't interested in applying the oils or smelling them in a specific moment, but is comfortable with the diffuser in the room, that might be a great way to introduce it as well. It's always good to gauge their comfort and ask them and try it out before writing it into your session plan. And like I said, always good to get allergen information and permission beforehand. During that experimental session that I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode with Ellen Wilton, she offered peppermint oil that anyone was free to pass up that we rubbed into our hands and she guided us through some breathing sound and imagery while applying the oils and during the session. Using essential oils could be especially effective when working with mental and behavioral health clients. One final consideration is for people who are sensitive to smells, it may be actually helpful to turn off any diffusers in the waiting area while they come in or to consider how your wearing oils may be dysregulating or distracting to them. For example, this may be true for some autistic clients. Often smells can be something that they're sensitive to, and I've even had clients that tend to become very fixated on certain smells and want to smell my arm a lot during a session if I'm wearing perfume. There are lots of things to consider, but I hope that this has given you a helpful overview of what essential oils are, how they work, and maybe how you can use them for yourself or others. So as we wrap up today's episode, I want to know, how are you using essential oils in your wellness practice? Is this something you're comfortable with or have ever considered? Let us know your thoughts. Lastly, if you're someone who does use essential oils or has access to them, I want to invite you to go back and listen to episode 32 of the Music Therapy and Beyond podcast. I gave you a square breathing exercise with a creative arts twist to it, but this time we can alter it a little bit to include some aromatherapy. So just before you begin the guided breathing musical track, which I encourage you to go download if you haven't already, drop a couple drops of oil into your hand, rub your palms together, and really include some mindfulness and awareness of tension in the body how you're feeling, even how your hands feel as you rub it in. As you go through the guided breathing experience, breathe in the smell of that oil, whether it's peppermint or lavender, whatever you need it to be for that moment, and breathe it in with intention and mindfulness in your body. That's just one quick and simple way to get started using essential oils for your wellness today. I hope you enjoy. Until next time, be well. For show notes and resources in today's episode and all episodes, head to our website, musictherapyandbeyond.com. Reach out to us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com and follow us on social media to stay up to date on all the content and announcements. We'll see you next time.